0: Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. This Friday. Are you ready? Damn yeah, right. Summer. Let's turn it up. Takes flight. Nice. Critics agree. Yes! Top Gun Maverick must be seen on the biggest screen possible. Come on! Tom Cruise. Having any fun yet? Top Gun Maverick. Ready PG 13. Hi there, I'm Adam Kirbus, and this is my novel Life Choices. It was one of those days while Frederick was skimming through a postcard. His former classmates sent him they wanted to encourage him to take his life in his hand to do something about it but all these postcards, all these photos and facebook accounts of his former classmates the picturing them in college them having moved on in their lives had something bitter on it. Frederick looked at them and gradually and in order to explain his inactive life, his struckness, his feeling of being left behind, he looked at these pictures as having been deceived by life, as having been robbed of life, and no matter what he had done or would have done, he would have never gotten a chance. He tried to ensure himself that even if he would have tried, he would have never been able to enter and attend college he would have never been admitted frederick mulham was sure of it so why bother and even if he would have been admitted to a very famous good and elite university wouldn't it have been the same the same struggle as before the same exclusion, the same outcast. This all felt unfair to him, unbearable. He was definitely stuck, about to drown, but his true parents, and still he hoped for, that they would appear, they did not appear at all no one seemed to care and this was a slap to his self-esteem he thought that he would be the center of the world the center of all attention he mistook interest people took on him because he was from a poor neighborhood among wealthy or at least middle class students. He mistook their interest. As for pity. He mistook their pity for interest. They did not look at Frederick in an captivating way, no they had pity with him and they thought that he had caught a disease or something and you wish this person a good well that they will get over it but you secretly pray to god that you will never catch this disease and now all was gone he was not in the center of all attention anymore he was a nobody who was hiding in his own room even his mother miss Malhelm, grew impatient with him one day she was still working her ass off in this restaurant and still bringing leftovers home one day she did not bring any leftovers home. The first time, she told, she told Frederick that there weren't any leftovers in the restaurant. There were not many, because it was a lie. Mrs. Mrs. Mulham wanted to poke him get out at least her dreams were shattered she felt more and more embarrassed walking through the neighborhood she felt stupid because she told everyone that her son would eventually become something would surpass everyone but it did not come that way now he's all at home and people are mocking her. She feels ashamed. There's no hope to get out of here. And her hate grew by every day. But even she still had a hope. Maybe this is only an transitory. Maybe this will all pass when she gives him enough time. She really she still fought when the first time she was invited by Frederick's new school, when they wanted to get to know her and she as well, Miss, took pity for interest. and she as well, thought elated that these people would like her would in a way have a special liking for her because she would be down to earth she would she had made up all kinds of explanations why these teachers in school were so nice why they were so are polite, why they treated her so favorably, favorably, so kind. This had to had a reason, she was sure of it. And she still hoped, like Frederick, that out of nowhere, a solution would appear. Out of nowhere, something would emerge and would save them. It can't be all to waste. All these times, all these moments, Miss, Mrs. Smiley thought about her life, that she did not succeed. She did not have the opportunity to attend a fine, elite high school. She did not have access to all these resources. And once Frederick was admitted, she thought to herself, now he has made it. Either way, he will prevail. She was sure of it. And now it all fell down. And she was mad. She was outrageous. A hate emerged, but what was there to do? Once in the neighborhood, again, one man approached her. He knew. He heard about what people were talking about. Frederick, this grand failure. People even increasingly started to doubt whether it wasn't a grand scheme narrated by this woman who likes to tell stories, who likes to make her the center of all attention. Maybe it was only brought up by her. Maybe her boy was just a retard. Even worse, went off or did something and this woman in her despair came up with a grand story, a grand narration that her boy, one of a million, because no one in the hood knew about these stories, that one of them could accomplish something, that this woman just made it up, because did anyone ever see her boy? In that school of course they would never go near to the school because they felt embarrassed of themselves they felt shame of their poverty they feared the gaze the chiding gaze of those people who seem to have made it who have accomplished something who have reached after the goal, society forces everyone, the need to do something. And if you are left behind this, then you seem to be a failure. And you do not seek the reasons in society or in a misconstruction or of less opportunity. But on yourself. And one day a man approached her. He was he was working as a as an ordinary clerk, and he has been dining in this restaurant of hers, and he had an eye on her. Simply put, he pitied her, he was from the middle class and he saw, saw this poor woman and he had, like many of his fellow class members, the notion that if he could somehow some help this woman, it is all, uh, all always about help, and could somehow give her a perspective elevate her do something good for her she would be forever thankful to him and would repay him of course his repayments would always be sexual fantasies and this man suggested to her that he would take care of Frederick, he would give him a job somewhere in a, in his bank, as a bank clerk in the reception area. He heard that he, he was a smart boy. He heard that he had some ambitions and he wanted to favor himself. For her, for, Ma- for Mrs. Malham, for the community, he imagined himself as his great Benny factor, And he approached Mrs. Malham. At, at first, Mrs. Malham was shocked. She didn't know how, how to respond. Someone approaches her out of nowhere, offers her help, guidance. She was perplexed. But more and more she hoped and saw that this would maybe the helping and reaching out hand that after so long came to help her and her Frederick. This man who brought something with him and she for moments felt the regain of her strength. And this happened so many times in her life. And these, these flaring ups of new hopes, they have to happen in a poor man's life, in a poor person's life, or else you would end your life for good. There's always the moment you give up. The moment you do not feel any control any hope for any future and about to end it all your mind either deceives you or clings on to anything that could continue your life even though you in a way or another know that you will probably end up the same as before however you still believe in it, you wanna believe in it. Maybe this is how our brain is wired. The brain if someone starves your organism starts to digesting its its own self. But the brain is left out, giving enough time for this superior mind to come up with a solution for starvation and maybe those illusions we have been given that you have to believe in it in a way and it all will end. Your misery, you will be able to overcome. Maybe these illusions and the delusions are nothing but but Away a, a concocted fan to see our brain I came up with to give your life, to give your being any meaning at all. Stop you from con- considering suicide. And this man this nobody was the helping hand and he offered. Frederick, a good chance. Mrs. Smollin was elated when she told about it to Frederick. There is a chance, a second chance. She did not say second chance, but it was conveyed to him through her messages, transmitted to Frederick. Life gives you a second chance. I don't know what happened. These were the implications. Frederick chewed over it. He fought over it. But somehow it felt like degradation. He expected him to be on top, to be above everything, to accomplish everything. He didn't know he didn't know what. But being bank clerk being somewhere in a reception area and having to watch people passing by people living their lives and him being unable to move to go somewhere no he didn't know where but somewhere where life is where people live where people engage the, the thought to be conveyed on a chair in a bank—the thought alone was was deplorable, unbearable. But he knew that this was probably his last chance. His mother was dead serious. She did not bring leftovers home anymore. She wanted him to act. She wanted him to do something with his life, do not end up at this appointment. Her other children left home. She did not know where they are. Who knows? And, and she lost track of her other children. They never really considered her as their mothers, just someone who, who brings food. But her, Frederick, he was her last hope. She needed this for him and for herself. Frederick reluctantly agreed he would go there. He would visit there. And the first day he appeared in his bank, This guy from the hood who and has a financial institute already handy kept because people do not trust them because everyone assumes that people from the hood that they steal that they rob stuff that they deceive, that they are not trustworthy. But in his smug uniform, Frederick looked like one of those upper class hipsters. No one saw through the facade. It could have worked out It could have, but for Frederick, time was unbearable. He was doing nothing at home, just sitting around, pondering, doing fine fantasies, narrations that sooner or later he would accomplish something, sooner or later he would be somewhere else. But here in that bank doing nothing looking at people who seems to have enough fortunes money, what have you this was unbearable he could not take it one day the second day he did not appear anymore When his mother came home, he told her every day that he's doing fine, but instead of going to work, he would go somewhere else, roam the streets, be occupied. He felt embarrassed because he still thought of himself as something smart as someone smart, someone above those uh, people with whom he's surrounded. I mean, this was no grand deception of his because most of the people who lived in the hoods were either drug addicts, hustlers, and only a few had made it out of the hoods and the best they could have hoped for is a shop assistant and nothing more. And here was this man, this young boy, this young man who went to an elite high school, an elite school. No one saw that he more and more became shallow. That he more and more was in, indulged in a feeling of self generosity, of self generosity, of grandeur. He imagined himself an ingenious specimen of man, the kind of human. He imagined himself as one in a kind. And this ingenious specimen was roaming the streets without no aim and was telling his mother that he was actually attending work, going to work as a bank clerk. It was his error. It was his decision to do not, to not grab the last straw because indeed it was the last straw, the eve before his misery. Because later, later, Frederick would ponder about the one decision about the one moment where his life derailed where he lost it but he would never think about his job when he had the chance to at least be second best gain mom- moments gain time when he could have been a bank bank Clark because even the man who had offered him this job, this opportunity, looked the other way when he heard and got aware of Frederick's arrogance, his his conde con de sending demeanor so eager was he to get his mother into bed, that he would have given him the chance. The only thing Frederick needed to do was to appear in work, that was all. That was all, but Frederick didn't do it. Later, one time, this man appeared in in the restaurant Mrs. Malham was working after Frederick ceased to appear he had given up hopes that he would have a chance with this woman with his mother but after a while after his life his lonely life grew so desperate unbearable and he did not know how to speak to women in his own class because for him they were all needy for him they would be asking from men too much and he did not feel himself capable and willing to give in so much. It was all about giving in. His desperation grew dire by day and day. And this was when he reappeared in the restaurant. Mrs. Malhelm was working. He had thought about soothing words that he would give. Frederick, another chance whatsoever. He knows someone who knows someone. Of of course, he knew that this boy is no good. He knew that no one could help this boy, that this boy had pretty much thrown away his last chance. And from there, he, he, he needed nothing but luck. but he would not tell this to Mrs. Malham Mrs. Malham because you know mothers he approached her Mrs. Malham didn't know that Frederick wasn't going to work she was elated she smiled at him at her benefactor she wanted to serve him well, but the man was thoughtful, he did not think about the fact that he would be greeted in such a way, he was confused, what does this mean, what happened, he thought of the boy, a lazy slug, an arrogant, adolescent, a teenager, an arrogant teenager who has not come to age, but here was his mother, greeting him joyously. He was confused for a moment before he took, before he ordered, and then Mrs. Marlham, asked him, how is my boy doing? I mean, the man himself had skipped school a couple of times in his youth and he told his parents as well that he attended school and so on. Made up grand stories. He immediately grasped what this generous, elated joyous greeting was all about. The boy didn't tell his mother. And he didn't know how to confer, what to do, how to continue. But he had already developed a disliking to the boy. He imagined his bar father, his biological father, would be a no good. Someone who was as like as the boy who probably disappeared, left the poor woman alone. And this man, her benefactor, st- saw a great chance to collude with Mrs. Malheim against this boy it is no good and maybe sooner or later she would convince him convince her to get rid of the boy so this factor told Mrs. Marlheim the truth her boy did not appear after the first day he did not reappear after the First day, Mrs. Mullin was struck. Her world crumbled. She burst into tears. She was devastated. Nothing and nobody could help her. On that day, she could not even work anymore. Her very her. seeing her distress... And, and still hoping that he did, did good. Wanted to leave her alone because he did not know how to soothe people and it would not seem to fit for someone in his position to be in, a, in this diner soothing someone, a person. He hardly knew. So he left, and Miss Malham was devastated. She could not work anymore. On that day, the restaurant owner sent her home early with a warning. If she doesn't do better tomorrow, she will be fired. She had been working for this restaurant for almost twenty years. And she could have been could have been clipped so easily. She went home. Frederick was not there. Her mind construed all Kinds of scenarios that he has become a drug hustler, a drug addict, what have you. And she thought about all those people who have been making remarks lately. Their wicked laughter. Their slander. She fought of the, the gazes. Of all those people, that joy about her misery. And she thought of the world as evil, as as rude. Because she thought of herself as if she did nothing wrong. Every parent brags about their accomplishments of their children. Every parent wants everyone to know how their children are doing. But this, this was a slap. After a while, Frederick came home. He was still wearing the uniform of a bank. Clark student and tie Mrs. Marham asked him How was your day? He was surprised seeing her at home Good, good was his response They stood each other opposite each other They stared at each other Frederick had a premonition that his mother knew. The man who gave you a chance came to the restaurant today. He said you did not appear after the first day. Frederick. Couldn't look her in in the eyes. He was exposed. The moment was embarrassing. He was a liar, a cheat. And all this time, he was roaming the streets, aiming to nowhere, losing himself all this time. All was for vain, was in vain. And now it, I came up. He couldn't look at his mother. He walked past her. She looked at him in contempt. She didn't know what to what to say to him. How to react to him just hatred she felt that the contempt to not only him but to the entire world grew and grew. What a failure. She just stared at him mootly and the only thing she could utter was There is no food in here. Not anymore. And this was all. She she made up her mind. She would not feed him. She would not give him anything. She don't want to bear this burden any longer. She was her last hope, her last child. Oh, and how she wished that she would have abandoned them all together in a young age, packed her stuff and just walked away. But all this time she stood here, and for what? For someone who pretends to be working Mrs. Malham went to bed. She wept herself into her sleep. What a world she was living in. The next day she woke up and went to work. She didn't say anything to Frederick. He was still asleep. He pretended. To be sleeping because he could not face her. Frederick tried to soothe himself. They do not understand. She is not my mother. Of course she's mad. These people, they do not get it. That I cannot work as an ordinary bank clerk, that I cannot work there. This is demeaning. It is insulting. Where are my true parents? Frederick felt life as unfair too. Where are his true parents? Maybe they have children of their own another family. And maybe they gave away Frederick for what reason? He did not know, but it was unbearable, more and more. Over and over, the facial expression of his mother went through his mind. This this disappointment. He was never greeted with such. All those people he had met in this elite school always smiled at him. They were always so polite, so unbearably polite. No one looked at him in contempt, in disappointment. They always, they had a lot of Control over their emotions. Their pity forced them. Frederick could not stay in this home anymore. He knew it. He could not bear the sight of his mother anymore. He knew it. But he still fought. That he had a chance out there. He had never lived out there. He had, he had never, not even worked properly. Around him was the hood and the home and the apartment he was living in or somehow detached. Detached from reality. Detached from his social embeddedness. However, he was sure that he would know life. What it takes to survive and to make something out of one's self to accomplish something and you are not accomplishing something you do not accomplish anything if you count the money of others so he packed his stuff he found the very same bag his mother packed when she was about to leave them, walking out on them. But then decided not to. He found that bag, packed it with the few worn-out clothes his older siblings wore. He packed everything. In. He knew about the hiding, about the secret hiding place of his mother, where she had put in some dollars for eventual unexpected occurrences. She robbed this jar. It was a jar with only 50 bucks in it. A lot. For someone who has to feed himself of leftovers, he pocketed the money, walked to the one apartment door, looked behind, and he even thought of this one room where he had spent almost. 19 years of his life as too narrow, as cloaked, a narrow space where he had n- never learned to breathe properly, never had learned to enjoy anything but emptiness. He turned around, opened the door, and left and would never, ever return. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today, only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hello. Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works.